The journey toward our higher selves continues with conversations in the Indigo Tent. Join us on the adventure. Okay. Welcome to the tent, Wendy. Hey, Zella. Welcome to you too. So good to see you here. Definitely. How is your world? My world is quite the world. I acquired a new little family member, a four-legged version, and it was quite uh, insightful in that the little puppy requires lots of training and attention and consistency, which is delightfully, surprisingly related to my New Year's theme of thinking about and, and well, thinking about priorities in the sense of being consistent and how, and all of that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm learning also to prioritize consistency for the darling little puppy. And what type of dog is he? He is a Shiba Inu which is essentially a smaller version of a Nakita, which we used to have. And it was a Nakita originally came about to be a guard dog at, at temples and, and palaces in Japan. Yeah, a guard dog. And, and I'm told that their companion dog that they'll watch over the baby in the household. I like that. <laughs> And the Shebas, on the other hand, I, I've, the reading I've been doing is they're, they look very similar to the Akita, but they're much smaller. So they're about 20 pounds max. But then they, they uh, were more like bird hunters or hunting dogs. Oh, okay. So I guess that means they need a little more exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're, we're working on trying to uh, help him appreciate the harness. Uh huh. Because, you know, leash laws and all. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not quite there yet. No. <laughs> and what is his name? Decided to call him, well, okay, so there's a little story behind naming. Um, my sons both are Avatar, the last airbender fans, mm -hmm. which if you know anything about the show, it's, you know, they're, they're fictitious uh, four nations that have certain skills for working with the elements, you know, not unlike Chinese um, medicine. But there's, there's airbenders, waterbenders, firebenders, and earthbenders. Anyway, they love the show. And so, they, and since we're getting a Japanese dog, they wanted to have an avatar name. And they were thinking Appa first, which was the, the flying bison that um, the avatar would ride. And I was like, well, hmm. anyway, long story short, one of the other words or terms from within the show and others are is sensei, which means teacher or mentor. And I thought, well, yes, 
in its own way, this little dog has a lot to teach me. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> and back to the consistency. About myself and <laughs> itself. Yeah. I love it. So there we are. There we are. Well, I have, um, you mentioned your, one of your New Year's themes. So one of my New Year's themes is to truly embrace the Yoga Sutras that were written by Patanjali thousands and thousands of years ago, a wise sage who lived in India. And within the Yoga Sutras, there's the Yamas and the Niyamas, which is equivalent to the Ten Commandments in in the Judaic law in the Old Testament. And so a reoccurring theme. It hmm. is. And and don't um, most religions have some type of code of conduct? Absolutely. <clears throat> that is the the whole basis of culture is that there's an ag agreed upon of sorts uh, system of behavior. All right. For for living together as a community. Ah, very, that's, that's interesting because I, I was reading about the community this morning. But today, listeners, we're going to take one of the yamas, which is satya, which means truth. Mm. And in the book, um, The Secret Power of Yoga, written by Neshala Joy Devi, <laughs> it's a secret <laughs> secret what i really like about her book um it's a commentary on the the um the yoga sutras back mm -hmm. in the 1800s when when india was colonized by um and we could say conquered <clears throat> excuse me by the <clears throat> get that frog out of my throat Bless you. yeah when they were conquered by the british they um English men decided to study everything they could Indian. And of course, some of those things would be the, the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads. And then of course, the Yoga Sutras and the Yoga Sutras are 200 short, very concise little nuggets of how to live, how to have that fitness for your soul, how to connect with your higher self or how to be in union with God. And not to be confused with the other kind of sutras. Right. Not those sutras, people. <laughs> those, are, so, those are other activities. <laughs> which are fine in and of themselves. <laughs> so anyway, in the yamas, we have right living, you know, code of conduct. And um so, so anyway, so these men did these, let's, I'm sorry, I got distracted for a second. So going back, so, so men have interpreted for years and years and years, or for thousands and thousands of years, right, <laughs> have interpreted our sacred text in any religion from any culture. And Neshala decided to put a woman's spin on the Yoga Sutras and to give her commentary. And what I find fascinating is for instance, ahimsa, the first of the yamas means nonviolence. Well, she's taken a different spin instead of always telling us what we shouldn't do and the negative, you know, perspective. 
she has changed it to in front instead of nonviolence, she has changed it to embracing reverence and love for all. Mm. Yeah. And and oh, there's you know all sorts of brain stuff we can throw on that too. Of the brain only focuses on the the word, not the do not part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that and she's referenced that in several of her lectures that I've heard on YouTube. So the second yama, which we're gonna we're gonna dive into today, and I'm so excited because we get <laughs> Wendy's perspective um, as an anthropologist. Um, the second one again is satya, and that we should be truthful. And mm. Nashala takes it a step further and says we should be dedicated to truth and integrity. Okay. And now I'm going to read a little excerpt from her book, and then we're going to get into this word. So the word is gossip. Ooh, (laughs) juiciness. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, doesn't doesn't that word have a lot of baggage? Doesn't it? Oh, so Mm. charged. Okay, gossiping diffuses our nervous systems. The so-called fight or flight syndrome is considered a normal male response to a sympathetic nervous system reaction. The response is different when the same feelings are elicited in a woman's in a woman's nervous system. As woman, I'm sorry, as women, we process our stress differently from men. If there is great danger, a man goes into fight or flight. Being maternal by nature, and this is this is making huge blanket statements, people, and we realize that. Of course. Just take it, okay, for right now. It's it's one person's interpretation. Exactly. Being maternal by nature, women are engineered to protect. When danger approaches, we become quiet and still and ask our children to respond in the same way. Now, here's what she's getting at. What then happens when the danger passes? We can go to the gym and we can dissipate all of the, that hormone dump, that cortisol dump, right? We could take care of it that way, and we should. That is an effective way. Mm-hmm. Here is Neshala's um, premise, which we're going to, this is the juicy part that we're going to discuss. Women tend to find comfort in sharing and expressing feelings with others. If this is not done, our feelings burrow deep within, sadly, this normal instinct to freeze and withdraw often leads us to depression. A woman's more verbal response to emotionally charged events has been misunderstood and criticized for ages. The now derogatory term gossip originally meant to see God or God parent. Gossiping actually started as an alarm system. Women hanging clothes to dry would pass on news of the town, warnings, or any unpleasant experiences, especially with abusive men. Hmm. They would whisper these messages, hoping to avail others to peril. When the men found out their names were being drugged through the mud, or in this case, the clean sheets, they (laughs) decreed, (laughs) they decreed, what i was gonna say talk about airing out your dirty laundry (laughs) yeah so these men decreed a severe punishment for anyone gossiping 
Hmm. Okay. So much to unpack. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. And so, you know, while we were talking about this, of course, I love learning about words and how they came to be what they are. And so if I looked up the etymology of the word gossip. Would you like to hear it? Oh, do tell. Oh, please. Gossip okay. with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it says it's from old English. And the origin was God Sib. So I'm thinking like sibling. Uh, it was connected to Godfather, Godmother, baptismal sponsor, um, which in, in that time was, was that person that was there to help you on your way in, after you were baptized to help you on the path toward God. And what time frame are we talking about? Well, it says Old English. Okay, so 17th earlier, you know, I, I would imagine as the as the different religions have progressed that there's always been something like that because of the mortality rate mm -hmm. of of life at that point, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking of, dark ages, middle ages. Yeah. Yes, 15th, 16th, 17th century. Okay, maybe even sooner though. The main thing and, and could be earlier, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so of, then of, because people were so afraid of dying, because it happened all the time. It's not that they were afraid of dying, they were afraid of damnation and hell. And so they wanted all the help they could get, right? That and then you also wanted to make sure you had someone designated to help raise your family. If, oh. if you were, you know, gone, you didn't make it, yeah. which happened a lot. Okay, got it. And so the whole idea of Godfather and Godmother were those people that basically agreed to take care of your child if you if you the parent died. Got it. And then we have all those fairy tales about the evil stepmother. Hmm. <laughs> Well, that's right. a whole nother discussion, but <laughs> yeah. So, and, and as the, the etymology goes on, it's literally a person related to one in God or mm. from God, mm -hmm. um, a, a God sib, a relative, right? So, and then, and then taking, the, the, taking mm -hmm. what Neshula said to see God. Gossip yeah. originally, the, the root of it, Latin was to see God, right? Right. Cause it's you're you're seeing and you're relating each other with within the sense of being a godlike person or trying to achieve um, your best highest self, right? Mm -hmm. So then from Middle English, I guess, moving on from Old English, the sense was that this is a close friend with one with whom one gossips. Hence, a person who gossips. And, and interestingly there, it was like, was this friend and your conversations helping you on your path? So then now I'm really curious how in the world did it get so flipped? Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk and, about the roles of men and women. 
Yeah. And so, well, but I think, and in, in before we jump into that one, I was thinking of how you and I uh, work through, you know, life mm -hmm. with, with each other, right? Where it's things that just happen and and on one level, it may sound, oh, yeah, we're just gossiping or we're venting. But I'd like to think that the way that we are talking is we're, we're verbalizing, hence that, that female venting, we're verbalizing those feelings so that we can understand them from a little bit of an emotional distance so that we can then gain help each other gain a higher perspective about those feelings mm -hmm. and about you know, all these emotions that keep attacking us. Right. And so that they don't burrow deep, lay dormant and become a seed for depression or anxiety. Or many, uh, essentially all the different diseases or conditions, they get trapped in our body and then they become a physical entity or mm -hmm. a physical disease. Mm -hmm. a physical manifestation mm -hmm. yeah right and so it's you know thinking about it from that perspective now we can jump into the men and women thing but as as we women who want to support each other in developing our higher selves to to becoming the best that we can be then it, it's, um, it is an incredible process and it takes, and it's not for the faint of heart either. Hence the whole fitness for your soul. It, mm -hmm. takes, a, it takes a lot of courage to be able to allow yourself to feel sort of inhuman or, or subpar so that you can get to that next place up. Right, to yeah. examine where, where you have an area that needs work, that needs help, that needs fine-tuning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a funny juxtaposition, right? We're here on earth to become better people, but yet we, we scold ourselves for not being already perfect. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> we do. We do. And we address that in the course that we're currently um, finishing up, editing, getting ready to publish. Mm. We talk a great deal about that, that we're so hard on ourselves. And how does that inhibit our growth? Right? Yeah, certainly and does. If you see yourself as a gossip, maybe take a step back. Are you speaking about other people maliciously? Or are you truly trying to work out something? Because there, when the word changed, and now it has such a different connotation. Um, so let's talk about men and women's roles. And, and then we can, we can talk about the, our current view of the word gossip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you look back, uh, in various cultures, there have been lots of ways that we divide up the roles or the, the functions of each gender in society. There's, you know, for, just think about it, for efficiency's sake, 
it made more sense to have a division of labor because then you you knew what you were supposed to be doing, right? It doesn't, it was nothing, it was more at that point about survival. Right. And it wasn't about, you know, this or that. Um, I think as, as we got away, right, okay. So here's this juxtaposition again. <clears throat> we have to be willing to see ourselves as a work in progress but yet we expect ourselves to be already perfect. Mm -hmm. hmm. And so you could imagine how that would lead to, well, everybody else is imperfect, but me, because I'm supposed to be per perfect, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm thinking, well, if maybe that's how it started getting turned around, this word gossip was if we were talking, you know, if we were just sharing our, our struggles, but then it became this way of so putting yourself higher up than another person. Mm -hmm. So go now back. We're only going to share the negative struggles of everyone else and not ourselves. Right. So go back and talk about um, men, men versus women, men having, um, insecurities about the fact that women can create can give birth mm. yeah that's another another really intriguing area when we think about this division of roles right women have the ability to give birth and in many ways that ability is seen as this little, this little baby, this child, this soul is coming directly from God. Wow. What an amazing uh, ability to bless you. Thanks. I see some silent sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> but how incredible it is to have this ability to bring a soul straight from God into the world mm -hmm. and I can imagine that over over time in various cultures that men found that uh, a bit uh, something to envy in a sense and to be intimidated by and and to be intimidated by yes it's like how is it these women can have this direct connection to God in that sense uh, bringing a soul into life and that that would be yeah that would be like a really intimidating factor and so instead of recognizing their own role in life and and their own ability to create a connection with God they said well let's 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 put ourselves up by putting the other down. Mm -hmm. And so I could see a natural progression of, well, if men are busy putting themselves into a sense of power and squashing the power that's innately, divinely within women, then yeah, of course we're gonna like, everything they do must be bad because 
And, and then you have that interpretation. It just occurred to me. Another point to the men was that this interpretation, well, who was the one in the Garden of Eden that took that bite? Yes. Oh, it's all Eve's fault. Well, let's, let's, she, she just, you know, the first sinner, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what about this perspective? Hmm. I look at it now, of course, this is Wendy's thoughts, not any scripture, but what if for us to actually progress here on earth and to be able to expand our families and, and that whole, what if, what if we had to take that bite of the apple to be able to get to the next step? Hmm in our, in our eternal progression, in our evolution and yeah, in our evolution. So then who was willing to do that first? Who could see the bigger picture? Women. Mm. <laughs> right. So again, it's about perspective. Now I'm sure all those answers we'll find out once we get to the other side. <laughs> to the other side, yes. And, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's like, again, it's about how do we spin the story? Mm-hmm. And they're going back to the gossiping. How are we spinning the story? Are we spinning the story to boost ourselves up and the other people down? Or are we spinning our stories to build all of us up? Uh, and then that goes to the, to the, Oh, that makes me think of the next um, Yama, which is um, basically like in the Ten Commandments, don't covet, right? So if we covet what other people have, aren't we really saying, no, we're not sure that God is so generous that there's abundance for all. There's a, there's an equal playing field. The spiritual path to God is good for not only men and women, black or white, rich or poor, spiritual being, uh, spiritually aware type of person, spiritually unaware type of person. We are all on some path to our higher self. But yes. then you have all these divisions like, oh, well, your denomination, I've, I've, I've literally been told, well, you, you can't really be a Christian because you're a Catholic. Like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Yes. Yeah. So, and I've been told my God's some different God than their God. I'm like, wait, what? So then that, 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 that brings a whole new perspective to this idea of gossip being a God seer and that we're all in community together as fellow human beings here on this planet to promote, encourage, and love one another as we progress to our higher self. And if I put you in a box or I put you in play and oh, I'm going to put him in his place um, or her in her place by calling her a gossip. And then I'm saying you, nope, you're not worthy of this spiritual path that I'm on. I'm over here. You're down here because you're a gossip and I'm not a gossip. So I'm higher elevated than you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the author's description of this whole piece was that men 
and women, yeah, we process our stress differently. Right. Men are by nature, they're wired to be hunters and singularly focused because that was necessary for survival. Right. Right. And so it makes sense that they need to be more physical and channel that energy. Now we're physical too, as females, but when we need, when we get, you know, all the thoughts in our heads about protectiveness for our families and children and loyalty and, and maternalness and, and, and coping. And, and, you know, we just have probably a thousand emotions going on all at once. And so, and I saw this actually played out in my parents' relationships uh. in a different way. Um, kind of reversed roles. My dad was, was more of a thinker and a talker. He liked to have intellectual conversations. My mom was just, I got to do stuff. Right. <laughs> and so they never quite connected because they were each approaching life differently. Not that one was better or worse, mm-hmm. but for men who are typically, you know, much more active stress uh, responders. And we say the word typically because we realize there's all different personalities within the roles of, uh, I mean, within genders. So sure. You know, it's just, yes, we're, we're doing the cultural stereotype. Right. Um, women tend to be more communicative because we need to think and analyze and, or just, you know, we just process emotions verbally, mm-hmm. I guess, more so. And so, yeah, I would see it totally makes sense. Like we're, we're not even communicating in the same language. So of course men are like, what in the world are they over here doing? You know, they could just resolve this by doing that. But we're like, no, we've got to, you know, find our meandering pathway to, to get to an answer. Mm-hmm. And that just took too long. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, you know, of course, when you don't understand something, okay, here's a, here's a good one. When you don't understand, you reject. Absolutely. I see it all the time. We, we all see it, 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 especially in our current political climate. Yes. What our, what our nation is going through with the recent election. If we don't understand it, we just reject it. It must be bad if it's not our idea. Right. And you could see, you know, you can just look at history and see the evolution of how gossiping went from an uplifting, theoretically, activity Virtue. To something that was is considered unholy or improper or negative or all malicious. of that right and then malicious. Think the context now um gossip girls um what are what are some other shows pretty little lies or big little lies yeah one of those liar shows <laughs> pretty liar shows yes and it's like what is it? It's like the young adult or high school soap opera type shows. Yeah. <laughs> where all you see are the maliciousness. Oh, mean girls and, and all that whole scene. And think about it. What, why would you be mean to another person unless you don't understand? To, 
and cover you're up something in yourself. Oh, say that again. Say that again. Why would you be mean to others unless you're trying to cover up something in yourself? Mm -hmm. And then what we said earlier, if you don't understand it, you just reject it. Yeah. Lots of what, different ways of why we end up being mean to one another. Yeah, it is. It is just uh, so intriguing. How we, how we took gossip as something that meant a person related to another in God, mm -hmm. a godlike relationship. Right, to see God. And I found and it. And then turned it into just the one, you know, this, this one part of it, which is the sharing, the exchange of information that now tends to have just simply a, a malicious intent. Mm -hmm. And then let's go back. Let's, let's go back, you know, several hundred years and let's pretend that you and I are hanging out clothes and, and um, where do you want to be Italy or Germany? We're airing our own dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would pick Italy. What, what country would you pick? Yeah, I'm thinking the Tuscan area sounds pretty good. Okay. So we're, we're hanging out the sheets and, um, and um, we, um, you're you're telling me how your husband's abusive and we're trying to come up with a plan and we're trying to figure out how we're going to protect you and your kids and your husband hears his name and instead of this is all hypothetical by the way people because wendy's not married <laughs> that's why i chose you <laughs> nor do i live in tuscany all right <laughs> so so your your fictitious husband instead of thinking wow my actions are troubling my wife. I need to respond and evolve and figure this out. And I need to change. No, he gets offended because he doesn't understand. And so he rejects what he hears and chooses to continue in his ways. And then, then that brings in the whole idea of the ego. Are we oh. going to are we going to submit to our higher selves, to a higher being, to a better way of living? Or are we going to be stuck in that I'm right, you're wrong mentality? Mm -hmm. I love the idea one of my mentors uses. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, there was a time when I needed to be right mm -hmm. because I felt so unright in so many other aspects of life. Lacking power. Mm -hmm. And then there's now, there's a wisdom, if you will, of hearing past the words that people are saying. Ah, Say that again. There's a wisdom to hearing beyond the words that people are saying. Yeah, that's good. And that's what that fictitious husband should have done. He should have heard beyond the words and wrapped his wife up in his arms and made a commitment to her to change. Yeah, and then also to acknowledge 
I mean, why do people abuse other people? Because they've been in some way abused Mm -hmm. and they're simply passing on the pain that they don't know how to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so if we could just simply seek to understand where the, the pain, and then we don't have to pass it on. Right. And then going back to what you said, seeing past the words of what somebody's saying. And then that brings us right back to the second yama, which is satya, truthfulness, and that we need to be in a state of mind where we are dedicated to truth and integrity, choosing our words carefully. Our words have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there there are some schools of thought or some, you know, individuals are like, oh, words have no meanings, blah, blah, blah. It's only the meanings we associate with them. Well, yes, we did associate a meaning with those, to those words. So they do have power, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, until we are above all of that, <laughs> beyond this earth, then yes, words still do have power. Mm-hmm. And we need to be dedicated to speaking truth, speaking it honestly and with integrity in order to connect with our higher self. Yeah. Uh, And that, that reminds me of some people I've known over the years who, who felt like they had to say, oh, well, I'm just brutally honest. Uh, yes and I'm like but wait a minute why should honesty be brutal exactly what you know are you saying this because it's your opinion about something that I should be doing or are you saying something in with the integrity of helping me be my highest my best self and if that's the case then well yes it may be painful to hear or challenging to hear but it doesn't have to be delivered in a brutal manner exactly and then timing is everything and Neshala talks about this it's interesting that you use that as an example because well her exact her story is if your friend comes out in this new dress they've just purchased and it's about five minutes before a big event and that dress is not a good choice in your opinion but are you going to tell them that right then and undermine them, pull the rug out from under them when they're about to go out and speak to 500 people? No, choose your timing, right? Maybe the next day, if it comes up in a gentle way, say, um, you know, maybe that's not the right dress for your for you after all, but not right then. So I think it's I think instead of being brutally honest. It isn't just about how you say it, but it's also when you say it, interpreting the time and the space and and what that person's about to experience is what I'm getting at. Um, Yeah. And why you're saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? What compels you? Is that your job? Is that your role? Mm -hmm. Did your friend ask you about that dress? Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Play the, play, the, play the scenario a different way. Right. Did, did she want that, um, that feedback? Mm-hmm. I've learned that from my own mother um, because my mother is very critical of my parents' 
almost every day of my life. She'll tell me what outfit looks good and what outfit doesn't and um, tell me about my body shape. And it used to pull the rug out from under me. And that's exactly what she intended it for to do. But as I'm learning to deal with my mother as, as her caretaker, um, I choose to tell her every time I see her, how lovely she looks in every outfit I'm choosing to see, to, to make my words a reflection of what I wish she would say to me. I wish she would see me instead of picking apart the clothes I'm wearing or the five pounds I've gained. <laughs> Thanks, <And> COVID. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I'm just applying her, uh, my words as what I wish would happen. I'm speaking them in, in honesty and in love. Yes. And it, and it's, and it, that I can tell you listeners has helped my relationship with my mother in the past few years, single-handedly, the most important effective thing that I've done is just choosing my words back to her, seeing beyond when, when she says something unkind, I'm seeing past her words. I'm seeing um, the circumstance. She's mm -hmm. just an unhappy woman and I can't change that, but I can change how I see and speak and think about her. Yes, that's her pattern of behavior and coping. Mm -hmm. It does not have to become our own. Right. Well, with that, wow. I think so. A moment with your higher self, yes. Yeah, we we have we have some we have some things that we will put in in the show notes to to definitely steer you towards um, looking at words that um, it, that you speak in your own life. Yeah, and in a nutshell, I let's let's challenge you, listeners, and ourselves every time or think about this, when we have a conversation with someone, are we having a God-sib conversation or are we having a gossip conversation? Love it. That's perfect. <laughs> that and we'd love to hear your comments. That was really, really good, Wendy. I, I enjoyed that. Are you having a God-sib moment or a conversation or a gossip conversation. I just wanted to say that again, because that is what we're trying to convey in this podcast. Yeah. Use your words, think about them, speak your truth with integrity and honesty. And support all of us in the journey to our higher self. Yeah. All right. See y'all next time in the tent. Absolutely. Bye. Bye-bye. Y'all come back now. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've been uplifted by this episode. Please help us uplift others by sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our show. Join in on the conversation by adding your insights and transformations in the comments section. See you next time.